0: I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. This episode, I'm joined by Matt Ellentuck. our show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w i'm here with matt ellentuck and we're discussing the most dangerous playoff teams for the 2019 playoffs matt welcome to the show glad we could get you on
1: yeah what's going on
0: not much man it's a it's a nice balmy day in washington dc i know you're here with me um you enjoying the cooler weather are you a hot guy
1: uh, you know, I was cool until we like drifted into the sweatshirt territory, which started getting me nervous for fall. So like, mm, uh, I prefer to be roasted in the sun, to be honest.
0: All right. I'll, I'll take roasted in the sun as long as it's not the DC humidity, but you know,
1: yeah. Take,
0: take good. Um, So we're talking about the scariest and most dangerous teams going into the playoffs. You know, currently we're, there are a few teams that are still on the playoff bubble. Minnesota hasn't clinched yet. Uh, Indiana has not been uh, officially unable to clinch. Um, I think technically New York might be able to squeeze in one. But for the most part, the playoff picture has kind of come together. The the seating we'll figure out later. But we're talking about the scariest teams. We'll start off in the same format that the WNBA playoff does. And we'll talk about in a one-and-done series to you. And just for the listeners, we're breaking this down to Who's scary in a one-and-done versus who's scary in a series? Because they're very different. Um, And Matt, why don't you talk a little bit about what goes into a team that's scarier in a series versus in a one-and-done, in your mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen throughout the season at this point which teams are actually in that top echelon group that you're not going to want to play an entire series against versus the teams that can just get hot in a minute. I think what's crazy about this year's WNBA playoffs is that all eight teams who we assume are going to make the playoffs are all really damn talented. I mean, we're probably gonna have the last seed as Phoenix and that's Diana Taurasi, DeWanna Bonner and Brittany Griner. It's all flat out terrifying. I think in a one and done series, when you think of those teams who aren't as good, but could knock you out in a second, you're thinking of those just electric scorers. You're thinking of, a Diana Taurasi, you're thinking of maybe Diamond De Shields gets things going, you're thinking maybe Odyssey Sims has one of those crazy nights, uh, all of those teams at the bottom have one player who can go off for 25 points or more.
0: Yeah, and, and then that's the scariest thing, I mean, for me, when I look, I kind of view Minnesota on the flip side, where all the other teams in a one-and-done that that I'm, you know oh this is a scary team for me Minnesota it's it's not the offense it's the defense similar to what we saw know if you if you caught any of the game last night uh Vegas versus Minnesota in Minnesota and obviously you know it's a home game for Minnesota and they always show up different but that defense at points in this season and at points in the game last night the active hands the the quick steals and getting the ball in transition really opened my eyes cuz I constantly am hating on the Lynx offense. Yes, Odyssey can get going, but their ability to get the ball down low to sill has just been horrendous all season. But when that defense is clicking, it really gives them an opportunity to stick around in games, and you know, defense makes offense, as they say. That
1: all starts with Nafisa Collier, who's been wild. It's crazy to think about how many teams passed up on her in the draft a couple of months ago, but... She's been an anchor. She's guarding every team's MVP extremely well. She's got long arms. She's quick. She's a guard forward in a sense. Uh, yeah, the Lynx defense is terrifying.
0: And her hustle. I mean, the, she is the first player back down the court on a, on a breakaway for the other team and the first or second player down the court when they get a breakaway. And that's something that the Lynx need and and didn't really have. Uh if you exclude her. I mean, yes, the injuries have really hurt her, but having arguably the rookie of the year, and speaking of she is the rookie of the year. Okay, I was I was gonna ask if you give us a little sneak peek. I know you've tweeted about it a little bit, but you give us a sneak peek on your decision.
1: She is. I think I think my decision's already been made. My vote's going to fee. I don't I don't think there's anything that could happen in the last few games that would make me change my mind. She's been wildly consistent. Her three-point ball is actually going down like it was in their last year at UConn. Her defense has been crazy. She's guarded literally everybody.
0: It's it's in, And the thing is, it's not like she's guarding everybody and she's getting help, defense, or whatever. She has kind of been the anchor of their defense in many ways.
1: A hundred percent. And we saw it in D.C. Even though Deladon had a good game against her, I think Fee locked her down for the better part of the first half where... We see everyone has, like, this tendency when Elena does some sort of pump fake to just absolutely gun for it. And then Elena, like, sidesteps and easily shoots a, like, mini jumper. And she she had her locked. I mean, she had clearly watched a ton of film, knew which way she was spinning, which way she was moving. And she gave Elena a lot of trouble. And I don't think that I've seen anybody guard Elena well all year.
0: Yeah. I mean... At least at home. Well, there's been people who've guarded her, but Delhi's just been in those like games where I mean, we've sat next to each other at games and had those moments where it's just like that was good defense, but all you can do, <laughs> is hope that, yeah, exactly, all you can do is hope that she misses it.
1: Um, no, Collier's got it though. It's and defense is always the the last thing that usually translates for players, like just adjusting to speed and like you know building a, a upper body strength and things like that. But fees already there.
0: It's it's great. Let's talk about Chicago though, real quick. Chicago is a scary, you know, expletive team.
1: Chicago's nuts. I, I picked this team to not even make the playoffs before the season started. I have no idea how they got the, this good this quick.
0: Also to lose Jantel and still be in? Yep. What, like, what? I
1: I don't understand any of it. I mean, obviously Quigley and salute are nuts. We knew that was going to happen, but... Diamond is going to be this perennial all-star. Like, <laughs> I know that she hasn't been shooting incredibly well throughout the season. There's been, like, up-and-down streaks, but uh, is there anybody as athletic as she is? She takes two high.
0: steps, and she goes from baseline to baseline. It's insane. Yeah. She flies.
1: She was an absolute steal.
0: F- I mean, yeah, Fee and her are both just, like, you're looking at the people who skipped on them, and you're just, like, you're banging your head right now. <laughs> like, bad. Agreed. Whatever. whatever. All right, let's move on. I want to give an honorable mention. A team that, to me, you can disagree with me, kind of teeters between a one-and-done scary and a series scary is the Seattle Storms. So we're going to start with them first. For me, this is a team that, when the balls are sinking, I mean, they can literally beat anybody. I know it's cliche to say, "Any, any given Sunday, anybody can beat anybody, especially in the 2019 WNBA season. But this Seattle team has lights-out shooters, and a ridiculously talented, ridiculously well-playing player in Natasha Howard right now. Um, yeah. And that doesn't even get into Mercedes Russell.
1: They have great shooters, yet they don't have Sue Bird or Brianna Stewart this year. Which is like, right? <laughs> which is so uh, – and I don't. it doesn't sound like Sue's coming back this year. I don't know if you've heard any differently, but when we talked to Dan Hughes not that long ago, he was not optimistic. Uh, at, at all. all no but it hasn't mattered I mean Natasha Howard probably in my mind I guess she's been the second best player behind Eladon. I'm sure there's debate to it but I mean she's been nuts I don't know how you go from a player who hardly gets off the bench on one team to becoming the sixth player of the year basically in months and then rises to an MVP candidate makes no sense Seattle's offense is crazy um I mean, Sammy Wickham has come become a thing now. Alicia Clark is always steady. Uh, Jordan Canada has become an excellent backup. Like this team has been able to just take the injury hits, and it hasn't even really mattered that much. And yeah, I mean, Natasha Howard can go off for this like thirty point ten rebound game in a one and done, and I would be like, "Yep," I, like I wouldn't think twice about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're a team that I I think no matter what is is a dangerous team in one and done. When you flip into the series something that maybe people don't think about that to me is a huge element that kind of gives them a little bit more of an edge in the series is you're likely going to get one home game. You get that one home game, Sue Bird's on the bench pumping that team up. That That's an added plus that I do think – doesn't get enough attention. I mean, if we're talking 2K, you got to move those <laughs> sliders closer to closer up to 99 if, if Sue's on the bench.
1: Yeah, well, Sue, well, you know, everyone wants to impress Sue, all the kids on that team. Um, but, yeah, that's the kind of presence that she is. And it, it's really going to matter about health, too. If we see Julie Lloyd is, like, bouncing and has her ankle back to full strength, like, that's going to make a huge difference, too. I wonder how much rest they're going to give her, depending on, I guess, what the playoff seating winds up shaking up to be in the final few games, but she's probably a player that I'd want to rest if the seating isn't going to matter that much. Um, I don't know, man. Seattle's Seattle's legit, too. I'm scared of legit every team.
0: Yeah. See, Seattle's a team that I kind of compare to Chicago in that they're so powerful offensively, and yeah. if they're hitting their shots, they're super scary. But for whatever reason, I have more faith in Seattle, which in my mind when I say it out loud sounds insane considering the injuries we just talked about
1: uh true i mean i won't blame you i'm gonna take the sky just because i that team has been dynamic for to me all year uh but i won't i won't like be offended if you take seattle they're legit
0: they are legit and another team that's not we were talking about before we started recording phoenix has just been an enigma of a season you know bonner has lighting up early on i'd argue you can disagree with me anyone can you know find me and yell at me bonner i think early in the season was the mvp um, obviously, as the season has gone on, she's sputtered around had some confusing games. you know BG gets the three game suspension. uh Tarassi's injured essentially the whole season uh, except for a game and a quarter or something like that. But if this team who historically has one of been has been one of the most dangerous do or die game teams, gets Tarassi and you have him in a best of three. I mean, no one wants to play them obviously, but where do you think this team stacks up if they can make it to the, the series round?
1: Phoenix is the weirdest team in a weird season. I mean, it's obviously all going to be dependent on Diana's health, which she didn't look great in her first game back yesterday, but also it's, I guess, her first game back, besides whatever that other game was that she was kind of there before she tweaked her back again. Um, they've been weird as hell, but they're like the most – more one of the most star studded teams. If Diana Dewana and Brittany are all going off like anybody in this league is screwed, uh, so they could be that team that, I mean, what Diana, how many, how many games has she won it in the single elimination format? She's like never lost,
0: she, yeah. I think she's never lost, she had never lost like a do or die game,
1: she's freaking terrifying. Uh, yeah, I don't think she's ever lost a do or die game, but on top of that, it's like. They, they could have the best offense if everybody is healthy and clicking. And that's a team that I wouldn't want to play in a series if everybody's healthy. Because we, I mean, I think you had them as the the team that was going to win it all before the season started, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I And it, my dreams of finally making a solid prediction were just
1: shattered with <laughs> oh, that. No, yeah. Diana was like, no, we're not going to do this for Aria this year.
0: Yeah. yeah Aria <laughs> wanted it. Sorry. No.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. We're just going to rest this back real quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, I mean, and they're going to be the worst seed, probably, which is, I, no words. Like, the single elimination format, we're probably going to get more complaints about it this year than any other year, just given the injury history and the parity and everything else. Because everything, in the past years, everything's been kind of clear, right? Like, 2016, 2017 was all link sparks, and we didn't really care too much about anybody underneath because we knew those teams were going to end up facing each other. And then last yeah. year... We kind of, I mean, Seattle dominated. They were the best team by far. I don't, maybe some people gave the Mystics a chance, but honestly, even if Deladon was healthy for that finals, I don't think it would have mattered all that much. Um, But this year is different. This year, there's a lot more parity because of obviously Stewie being hurt and Sue being hurt and Maya not playing and Candace being out for half the year and Diana being out for mostly, like the list goes on. So we're going to have a lot of arguments when good teams go home in the first night. (laughs) It's going to suck.
0: Well, and and that's been a long discussion, which we're not going to get into in this episode, but something that I'm sure you'll be looking into and probably write about at some point is the playoff format. Um, And for me, I did some research on this and it was really interesting because a lot of people are like, oh, every series should be best of three. If you are in the first round and you did like three in the best of three, best of three, best of five, best of five, if you're in the first round, it's likely or it's possible that you would essentially play a season and a half. You would play a whole half of a season if you made it to the finals, going to the full series of everyone. And, and you can't do that.
1: I mean, I guess not. I mean, well, we're, we we're not going big picture here, but obviously we can solve a lot of these issues with money. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. I know the players are really frustrated about it. I talked to Elena about it yesterday, who just, you know, she goes off about how crap it is because – they experienced it last year. Like, I kind of forgot that they were the three seed last year. And, like, they had to do that single elimination game. Um, I I bet you that the players would either take off a few games from the regular season or just wouldn't even care if the playoffs were half as long as the regular season. You know, it's, that's these are the most important games. You should probably give weight to them.
0: Yeah, and especially, and that's something that I think needs to change no matter what. The three and the four seed, in my mind, should not be playing a one and done game.
1: No, especially in a thirty four game season where like anyone suffers any sort of injury, and those one or two games are going to matter so much.
0: Yeah, it's it and it's it's just really frustrating. Where I mean, Connecticut. If anybody gets to complain about it, it's Connecticut. So I'll I'll save the the frustrations for them. Yep. Um, and I I hope to God I see a Connecticut uh, Phoenix matchup in a one and done. I, it has to
1: happen that'd be wild again <laughs>
0: yeah I, I would just love it and, and you know there's gonna be some smack talk you know that tempers are gonna raise um <laughs> it, it's gonna be a fun one agreed all right let's talk about we got two more teams that's on our list i'll let you pick one of the last two teams which do you think is the most dangerous in a series la or vegas
1: Ooh, that's so tough they're both horrifying uh okay i'll explain myself a little bit the sparks we the sparks are like another unknown right like candace missing most of the season kind of takes whatever we know about the first i don't remember how many games she missed 18 plus to like like they're just like i don't know what does that mean like they played decently well without her but with her are they that much better or have they just learned to play without her and at this point she isn't even that much more of a like a star. Like, we've seen her fantastic on some nights. We've seen her look real rusty on other nights. I mean, that's going to be a huge factor of it all. I mean, Marie Vadiva, also, we missed her for a good chunk of the season, and she could be a starter on most other teams in this league. So, her fit has always been weird. And how are the Sparks going to manage their depth and how they're playing Cheney and Kalani? And I, I don't know the Sparks have the maybe the best collection of talent on their roster but getting it all to fit in such a short span of time since everyone's been hurt or away or whatever is going to be super tough they're still terrifying if they can get it all to work but we've got a few weeks to find out what that you know what that's going to look like Vegas has also had their injuries AJ Wilson being out for a couple of weeks was big Liz Cambage missed a few games um, and now they look kind of wildly different than they did a month ago. Like Jackie Young is playing awesome. And she was a player who I was, you know, even talking at the beginning of the year, like maybe Derek Ahamby should start instead of her. Um, Cause she just, you know, wasn't playing up to pace yet, but now she's been awesome. And I look like an idiot. So these teams are looking wildly different now than they even did a month ago. They have, I think, I don't know if you agree with this either, but I think those are the two teams with the most talent on them. It's a matter of figuring out like, their team identity in such a short span of time without having everybody for a full season. It's, it's complex. I don't know. They're both good. Don't make me pick one. Are you?
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. That's why I made you pick first.
1: That's, That's <laughs> just my thought process. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're completely right. I mean, last week I was talking with Gabe, um, our, our mystics beat reporter, And he asked me, he's like, I think LA has got the most talented roster. And I was sitting there like, yes, but I don't want to say yes because when you look at Vegas, I almost and I don't want this to come off in the wrong way. So if anybody takes in the wrong way, I apologize. LA has all these players who are uh, th- the core of their talent and that makes them so talented are not in the prime of their career. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like they're not in that like the peak. They're still they're still in that window of like their best play that they're gonna do, but they're on the downward side of the hill. You know, Candace Parker knows she has limited time left in her career the Gumake sisters are not that much younger or that much younger than Candace Parker. Like I think NECA is like four years younger or five years younger. So, you know, it's not like these are the super young, but on the other hand, Vegas is kind of that opposite where the core of their talent is almost coming into that upswing of their career. So for me, it's super tough and I completely agree with everything you're saying. Both teams have not shown me much consistency. Um, for me to really be willing to put money on either of them, which you know, if the odds are against them, I say you put your money on them because you're probably going to win big if you're a betting man. But there's some other teams like Phoenix. I'm not counting like there's it, it's it's just a tough situation. I mean, look, I, I think it would be dumb to count Candace Parker and the Agumake is out, especially like we haven't even talked about Chelsea Gray. Nope. And and then Vegas, we talk about Liz and Asia. And 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 Jackie Young and Dierica, but like we haven't even talked about Kayla McBride. Yeah,
1: there's so and much talent on those two teams.
0: It's in, it's insane, and all I can hope for is that if these two teams face that, we get them in. Like, I, I, this probably won't happen with the current setup of the playoffs, but that we would get them in a series. We might. I, I don't.
1: Do not... I don't know what's gonna happen with the, like there are five teams fighting for the one seed right now. <laughs> it's
0: and and it's so close. It's so. so close. Like it's ridiculous.
1: Everyone's within three games.
0: It's insane. And 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 that's the, the top four teams.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, Chicago is right out there, too. They're a half game below the Aces and Sparks. Yeah. Everyone's right and in then, there. And I was trying to do, I was literally trying to sort out for a story I'm reading, like, all the tiebreaker situations. And I'm just, my mind is just in seven different, I don't understand it. There's like, this team has this game and this team and has a one-two. I, I don't know, man. Trying to figure out what's going to happen the next two weeks doesn't even make sense. And the fact that it's so frustrating that teams are going to finish so close to each other and one or well, two of them are going to have to play single elimination and one of them is going to have to play two single elimination games.
0: Yeah, it's insane. I mean, like really looking at the playoff, like the standings right now, I feel like Seattle, Minnesota and Phoenix are the only ones that are kind of stuck in their position. But that being said, I could easily see Seattle or Minnesota jumping up two slots. Yeah. It's, it's confusing, so I'm going to put you on the spot now. Oh, Matt.
1: man, i got to answer a question now.
0: Yep, I've known you for long enough, so I don't feel any remorse for doing oh, here this. here it goes. You have $2, mm. and you can't pick Washington or Connecticut. Who are you putting that money on to win the WNBA Finals? I
1: can't pick Washington or Connecticut. Um, mm, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm picking the Aces. I... Oh. Love the fact that they have two bigs whose wingspans can cover the entire paint. If Asia and Liz are healthy, I can't think of a better interior two, on the defensive side at least. It's gonna for them it's gonna be interesting because it depends on how people shoot. I think Caleb McBride is gonna be a huge factor. If she isn't shooting well from deep, that changes an entire series because that team isn't doesn't have overwhelming shooting depth unless Trigger Rogers comes off the bench and, and replaces her with that. But Kayla is going to be a huge, huge X factor throughout the playoffs. But if she gets hot, which she definitely can, uh, and Jackie Young keeps playing the way that she has the past couple of weeks, that team is real freaking good.
0: Yeah, they're a scary team. Um, I personally, I'm throwing my money on Phoenix. You know, I, I said it before this season. You love Phoenix. I, I do. I, I there's just You so really fun. do. I know. And the funny thing is, for so many years, I hated them. Um, but... I just, and, and I I revert I, uh, back to my, okay, I've already put my money down on them. I just double down. You know what? I'm already th- at this point. The team hasn't looked good. I'm looking like a fool. But just think how smart I'll look if they do win.
1: I mean, listen, I'd love to see it. I hope Diana's healthy. That's the only thing I worry about. I hope that she doesn't, you know, rush coming back too soon and, and get herself hurt again. I, I, hope, she's, I hope she's all right.
0: I don't want to jinx it, but Antarasis is dropping 54 <laughs> in the first playoff game. 54 in the first I game. I love it.
1: Honestly, let something wild happen. Give me a Diana 50-point game after coming back from a back injury two weeks ago. Do it.
0: More so. more. Watch this. This would be the most Diana. She drops 54 and gets ejected with like five yeah. minutes to go and somehow they lose.
1: or they win, and then she gets suspended for the second single elimination game.
0: That would be, okay, yeah, that would be the most Mercury thing ever to happen,
1: ever. I love it. Them getting in a fight made so much sense. I was like, this this team is filled with trash talkers. They're so passionate. They've all been together for a while. Like, you knew that they were all going to stand up for each other. It was like, if there was one team who I had to pick who would probably get into a scrap, it would 100% be the Mercury. Who I oh, love. Yeah. And Who like, I love. Oh,
0: totally. I remember we interviewed uh, Sophie Cunningham after uh, she, she got her first tech. technical. And she was like, yeah, after I got my tech, uh, Diana called me over and was like, I love that shit. Sorry, <laughs> but, sorry about that. And she was like, I'll pay all of your fines. Don't even worry about it. Get all the techs you want. It's covered. Don't worry. And she was just like, yeah. I mean, there was, I don't know if you know this, but there was a game where uh, Greiner, Tarasi, and Sandy—all three got ejected in a span of like one minute.
1: They're awesome. That's what I, I love it. Talk shit. Do it exactly.
0: Do it. They're the definition of ride or die. Yeah,
1: they're. I mean, it's so easy to be a passionate fan of the Mercury. I mean, you saw all the free BG shirts, and you're just like, damn, like this franchise has it together. Like they have the total core of what you'd want. They have the personalities you'd kill for um they're fun as hell that's why i i mean i'd love to see it let diana go on a tear let them win out their double limit or single elimination games and like give us a real series i would love it i mean i think the best series from last year wasn't the finals i think we can probably all agree was that storm mercury series
0: oh yeah and and honestly even second best was uh the one single elimination mercury uh connecticut
1: yeah diana knows how to put on a show that's i mean diana is this league's best show when she's at her best
0: Oh, 100%. And For one sure. day one day, I want to see her and Diamond play together. But,
1: <laughs>
0: Matt, tell the folks where they can find your writing, where they can find your musings, where they can find your words.
1: Yeah, well, uh, find me on com. It's a good site, and they pay me to say that. Um, and find me on Twitter at M. Ellen Tuck. And, yeah, that's how you think it is. It's like Ellen DeGeneres Tuck. It's not really that confusing compound. You got it. I promise.
0: Awesome. Well, as we always say, thank you for joining us. And we at Windsire believe in the WNBA and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's re- men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us in the hard work we do.
1: Do it.